The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Charlie. And this is Nathan, and we will be your host for today. And joining us from Mexico City, Mexico, is Forge speaker Santiago Fuentes. Santi, thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you for having me, guys. We we so love having you on the podcast. Santi is one of those minds uh, that just has so much that like you could just sit there and talk to Santi for hours and you would be you would never repeat the subject. <laughs> <laughs> you would barely scratch the surface. Barely well, scratch. It's, it's because there's so much to say about God's word. There's always something good to share. Uh, in me, there's nothing uh, really important to say. But when you get me talking about the Bible, I get all rattled up and excited and we'll never reach the uh the uh, bottom of it we'll always scratch the surface so that's why i never run out of topics that's how you know someone has a high view of scripture and the beauty of scripture that you that there will always be something more to learn and discover about god's word that's uh that's awesome well santi uh you have an idea about what you would like to share on the podcast today so i'm going to throw it your way and uh, would love to hear what you have to say. All right, I'll try to knock it out of the park, just like Aaron Judge is doing with the Yankees. Sorry, <laughs> have to bring it up. The, the captain is back. So here's here's something that has captivated my mind in the last uh, few uh, weeks, if not months, is the fact that we have been reconciled to God. Um, chances are, if you're a human being, that you've needed to ask for forgiveness eventually at some point or you've needed to forgive uh, somebody whether you mm -hmm. apologized or you needed to uh, forgive somebody now tell me if i'm wrong but sometimes those reconciliations end up with you looking over your shoulder like mm -hmm. okay we we patch things up but you know what i'm not gonna be a fool here i'm gonna be paying attention, even close attention, and I'll be looking over my shoulder because I don't know, the trust is, is being damaged and, and you need to earn my my uh, trust again so that I can uh, I be friends with you or something. And, and, and we take that pattern of life. Um, I know it's sad, it shouldn't be that way, but let's be honest. I've done it, and maybe some of you have done it listening to us. Um, and we take that into our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God, and we're like, oh, yes, he forgave my sins because Jesus died in my place. So I am forgiven. But it takes us so much time to come to grips with the fact that God is not looking over his shoulder 
when he forgives, he forgives us completely. Full pardon of our sins. And we are reconciled to him. There's a passage of scripture that I would love for one of you guys to uh, please uh, help reading. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. Now, all the details of our salvation mentioned in those verses, we're not going to get into those because then this would be like the ultimate six, seven, eight hours podcast uh, <laughs> of Fuel for the Harvest. So we're not going to do that. We got, we got time, don't we, Santi? <laughs> I do. So let's let's do it if you want to. But for the sake of our audience, let's keep it short. Uh, if, if one of you can read those verses, that'd be yeah. great. I guess we'll have to do it another few episodes then. Um, so here we go. Second Corinthians five, it says, everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm. And then, hey, let me read this verse, Santi. Uh, it starts in chapter six. Working together with him, we also appeal to you. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. Mm. That is such a rich passage and the word that it, that just it's been stuck in my head is reconciliation just two sides being brought back together two opposite sides now that's a that's a pill hard to swallow for some some people want to hear about a god who is all love all tenderness all kindness and 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 he loves humanity he loves all of us He's just waiting for us to come to him, kindly and patiently waiting for us to come to him. And a lot of people misses the fact that without Jesus, we're not in good shape in our relationship to God. The Bible calls uh, the person who does not trust Jesus for salvation enemy. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it. That's what the Bible says. I'm not apologizing for it. It is what the Bible says. It is what it is. Is called enemies. And, and those who don't trust Jesus as their savior, as the Lord of their lives, that's the state they are, enmity mm -hmm. with God. I was once there. You guys were once there. All humanity is divided in two uh, sides, whether you are with jesus and for jesus or you're against jesus he said that himself in the gospel of luke he said that whether you're on my side or you're against me but there is no like this array of black and white and extreme and then all these uh grays uh shades in between and well i'm not that close to god but i'm not worshiping the devil so i might be in the middle no, there's no middle. There's a, a, a line that separates both. And you're either with God, for God, or you're against God. 
and, and you don't just have to you don't have to take Santi's word for that. Jesus oh, says no. so himself on multiple different occasions in multiple different ways. Basically, he says, if you're not for me, you're against me. If you're not all in, then you're not in at all. And the greatest need of man is to be reconciled with God. That is man's greatest need. Listen, I have a wife uh, that we found out this last February. She's really sick. And praise Jesus, right now her sickness is under control. Uh, but it's it's there. It can uh, be awakened any time. Uh, so therefore she needs treatment. Would I love for her to be completely uh, healthy again? Back to six months ago, seven months ago, would I love that? Yes, but that is not her greatest need. Her greatest need was taken care of 2,000 years by a Jewish rabbi by the name of Jesus who was hanging on the cross, who died for her sins, who was raised on the third day, and that took care of her greatest problem. Mm. Her greatest problem is not health. Her greatest problem was enmity with God, and she's been reconciled. I, I, I want to follow up on something you said a little earlier, Santi. Um, so basically, we've we've defined reconciliation as God bringing us back together with him. Right. Yes. Um, and you had also mentioned that, like, when when God forgives our sins, they're dealt with completely. Um, I, I want I, I imagine that there's somebody out there listening, thinking this question, saying, what does that mean that they're forgiven completely and forever? Um, does that mean like I need to keep going back to him every single time? Like like in the Lord's Prayer, I ask for forgiveness every single day or like what if I forget to ask for forgiveness someday and then that day I die? Like what's going to happen to me? So like what is it? What is the what does that really mean? My now, mouth is watering, Nathan, and I promised I'd keep it short. But the thing <laughs> is, uh, in the judicial sense. Our sins have been forgiven. In the relational sense, our sins constantly need forgiveness. Mm. So in the judicial sense, we have been forgiven, spared from the penalty of our sins, which would be eternal punishment in hell. But on the flip side of that, you have the relational uh, effect of sin, which is it gets between god and his children so that we're not fruitful as he wants us to be in his kingdom we are not so close to him as to follow him closely and understand his will in every moment of our lives and so it's like let's let me put this example in and it's not going to be a perfect example because i'm not god but i have a daughter Whatever she does, when she uh, acts up or something, I'm not going to take away my last name from her name. I'm not going to kick her out of my house. She's my daughter. I love her. I'm going to I'm going to embrace her and maybe even teach her a, a lesson. But I'm not going to. Uh, you know, just uh, say, OK, I, I don't love you anymore. You're not my daughter. Get out of my house. Hmm. But in the relational side, I may need to put a serious face, although sometimes things that she does make me laugh and crack me up. But but I need to come with my serious face 
and and get a different tone of voice and tell her exactly what she did wrong and what we expect because of what the Bible teaches her her behavior needs to be. Mm. So in the judicial side, that's done. You're right. never going to be stopped being my child. But in the relational side, we need to make things uh, uh, come together again. Mm. Like remove the the practical barrier, whatever issue has been brought up that's causing stress between this relational connection. Let's deal with that so that we're not worried. We're not concerned. We're not at stress at odds with each other. Uh, right. I, and and your your sins are so when he says judicial, he means like when God when Jesus comes to judge the world again, uh, when he comes again, uh, your sins are paid for. So yes. judicially, uh, that's what that means. Like, judges, like it, it's a court of, like a court of law. If you're standing right. before a judge and he says, "Are you guilty and going to prison, or are you free?" Yes. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're free. You're oh, right. just receive these words. Receive these words. Romans eight one. There is no condemnation yeah. to those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm. And maybe there's somebody in the audience. That needed those words just right now, because mm. sometimes as as believers, we we fail again, we sin again, and we feel like uh, we're just so messed up. It's just not worth keep trying. Mm. God is gonna give up on me eventually, because I'm not Nathan, I'm not Charlie. Come on, these guys have it all together. Although you may say, oh no, you don't know me that well enough, but. We, we see people on social media, TV, uh, the, their names are written on the on the cover of a book. And we think, oh, these guys have it all figured out. And, and, and I'm too messed up for God. I'm too big of a project for God to 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 uh, to, to correct and, and to transform. But that is not truth. We have been forever forgiven. Every single sin has been taken care of. If there was just one sin left into our account, we would spend eternity in hell. Mm. Yeah. But that is not the case. There is no condemn condemnation, said Apostle Paul, Romans 8, 1, to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's why the, the verses we read here, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. So God was reconciling. He had the good will to, to, to take the first step. He, he, he stepped forward and said, come on, let's, let's mend things. Let's and isn't it interesting that, that that word reconcile? So to the Greeks, when they used that word, it was also about money exchange. Like, in the, like for example, if I took a dollar and said, hey, I need some coins, because there's a gumball machine and I want to use some quarters to get some stuff out, I would expect that the cash register person would give me four quarters, 25 cents each to make a hundred cents to make a dollar. And that's the picture of reconciliation. That's what that word means is like to give out the right amount of exchange of coins. Mm -hmm. And so what it's saying is, hey, that de debt or whatever was there between, like it's been given, it's been done, like it's been equaled. And so God's, dealt with that and so therefore we can have a relational connection if i obviously if one way or the other the cash register person or me cheated each other or kept some coins there would be something between us but god equaled it and um i think that points to two realities as well with sin 
and what our disobedience, our lack of faith, uh, that not only has Jesus paid for it, he's also removed it from us. Um, he's taken our place and he's removed it from us. He, he removed our sins from us. He's done both. And But that also brings up a question, Santi, that you mentioned earlier. I think it's worth digging into on this topic as well. Um, you mentioned that sometimes if somebody wrongs us, we can say we forgive them. Mm -hmm. And I think a great definition of forgiveness is literally right here in this passage we're talking about where it says not counting their sins against them or not counting their trespasses against them. So to forgive somebody is to say, hey, you wronged me. I don't count it against you anymore. Yeah. I don't hold it against you anymore. That's forgiveness. So yeah. God doesn't hold it against us anymore because he paid the price and he removed it from us. But here's the question. You mentioned we could say we forgive somebody. We could say we don't hold it against them. But then we're like, oh, I don't know if I trust them. Like they need to prove it to me. Um, is that something we should or shouldn't do in our relationships? Or do you think God does or doesn't do that with us? Like, would God be saying, hey, you, you totally blew it. I gave you these things to be faithful in. And you just didn't even do any bit of faithfulness with it. You just blew it all. Uh, does God in his forgiveness say, hey, you need to be faithful with a little before I'm going to give you a lot again? Or does he just give you the whole bunch of responsibility? And so there's kind of two sides of that question. God to us and us to others. Mm -hmm. Should we immediately restore full trust to people once they've wronged us, even if we forgive? I, I'm curious, Santi, what you think about when you brought that up earlier, how that relates in our interpersonal relationships and how that relates to God. I will not remember your sins is what the Bible says. And it's not that God is not omniscient. That means that he knows everything. He knows the past from 4,000 years ago, as well as he knows what is happening right now in the world. There's no difference in his knowledge of the past, the future, and the present. He knows exactly everything, every single detail about every single matter, not just human life, but everything happening in, in the cosmos out, out there. He knows everything. Mm. Yet he says, I will not remember your sins. Mm. That means not that he doesn't know those sins, but he's not making a difference in the situation between sinners reconciled to him and himself. So right. answer to that question is God is not taking into account anymore those sins. He knows them, yet doesn't change his heart towards us doesn't change his resolutions, his decrees about what he has said about us. You're my son. You're my child. I love you. I'll give you eternal life. And doesn't change the way that he feels and his heart is inclined to us. Yeah. And Charlie, you, you had brought up a scripture um, or you had yeah. made reference to it. Like, uh, if you're faithful with little, I'll trust you with much. Um, I don't know how closely this relates with our our sin against God as right. much as it relates with our faithfulness to his call. And I know that those that you can't you can't completely divide those things, of course. Right, I guess that would get into sin of commission versus omission. Like if we don't love God with everything, is that not technically considered sin? 
Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but as far as like, hey, I I I sinned against God and I said right. a cuss word or I treated my wife poorly or whatever. Yeah. Like, just because I make those mistakes doesn't mean that He's not going to trust me with the the calling right. that He put on my life. In the same breath, if I have a continual unrepentant sin where I I'm just like blowing God off. I would expect that he would have lower level trust for me as far as it relates to what he's calling me to do in this world. In the same yeah. way that I would have lower level trust for somebody who wronged me, even though I'm not holding their sins against them anymore, I don't think it's entirely wise for us to just like welcome an abuser yeah. back into our life. I don't think it's entirely wise for us to welcome somebody who's proven themselves untrustworthy over and over again back into our life relationally with other people uh, to your that's, that's that's why I bring it up because I think the immediate question is, okay, well, we brought into our home so and so and gave them our guest room, and we loved on them, and they abused my kids, and they stole my money, and they wrecked my house, and we gave them time and time again opportunity. We've forgiven them, we love them. I don't hold it against them, but they can't be in my house anymore mm -hmm. because I have a responsibility and that they can't be entrusted with that. And Maybe. so that that's the, for those listening, I'm going, hey, how far do we separate forgiveness from their trust that we give them relationally? And then I, I'm, I'm just out of curious curiosity of discussion. I don't know that I've ever asked the question before. Uh, how does God do that with us? And the, and the difference is huge here because you and I, don't know what is in the heart of man. Jesus knew and knows what is in the heart of man. So I may forgive you, maybe even give you a second chance. I mean, in talking about the awful person you just described that you took in and did all kinds of awful things. I may give you even a second chance, uh, but I'm going to be really vigilant because there's a responsibility I need to take care of, and that's my family and those things entrusted to me. So it, that's a big difference. God knows everything we don't, and and therefore we don't know if, how much we should trust people. But with God, it's different because he knows. And, and it, just think about the words that the Bible says about Abraham. When God said, we'll lie, uh, keep some things from abram who is my friend mm. will i not disclose those plans i think it's when he had plans to destroy sodom and gomorrah uh th that was just a man i mean yes we have all kinds of respect for abraham but he was just a man god is god yet he decided he would uh, disclose his plans with abram the Bible says that will not the Lord disclose his his plans with his servants, the prophets. Mm -hmm. uh, he reveals his plans uh, to the prophets. So the thing is, yeah. the, the difference is we don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's uh, there's a verse, Santi, I'm literally thinking about. I just want to throw out there as you're sharing relating to what you're saying. Um, and the, I think there's a tension in this topic. Uh, so 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, it says, A person should think of us in this way, this is Paul writing, as servants of Christ and managers of the mysteries of God. 
some translations would say stewards. So like God has given this them to steward, to manage, to be responsible with. But then listen to what verse two says. In this regard, it is required that managers be found faithful. Mm. Um, there's some level of requirement, trust proven that must be had. Uh, other, The Amplified Bible says in this case, moreover, it is required as essential and demanded of stewards that one be found faithful and trustworthy. Um, and so I guess the question would be, and maybe it's the judicial versus the relational sense again, maybe that's where it comes in. Like if we continue to walk in unfaithfulness, I can't believe truly that God would continue to pour out more and more favor on our lives in regard to, our our influence in this world well but at the same time he fully gives us his unmerited favor regards to salvation and and knowing the one true god and being saved i i think that you're hitting hitting on it charlie and i also think that it 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 depends on the attitude of the person yeah. who's sinning um so if i accidentally make a mistake that i and god knows my heart and he knows that i'm not intentionally sinning against him i think that that is treated differently as it relates to yeah. this being found faithful thing versus like a intentional continual sin I agree. yeah because i think we would do the same thing with somebody in our life yeah like man nathan i'm so sorry like i opened my bedroom door too quickly and it put a hole in the wall like right. I, I didn't mean to do that like right. i'm sorry you're, you're not going to kick him out of your house versus like I am taking a hammer to your walls and ripping them apart just because I can. Like, let you're not going to trust that person to oversee your house. Let me just add uh, the, the following. There is a, a, a level of faithfulness required for those who already believe and trust in Jesus. Because we all are ministers. Not just the ones that carry the title pastor or evangelist. This is everybody is a minister for Jesus. We're all in ministry. Uh, let's be clear about that. But there's a certain level of expectation of faithfulness. But the reason why we received that uh, ministry, it's here in this passage we have today. And I'll go back to it in a moment. But First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 says, I thank him who has given me strength. Christ Jesus, our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Mm. So sharing his testimony, his life story, Paul said there was nothing in me but the grace of God that appointed me for this ministry. Now, if, if, if I may go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 21, and then I'm going to go to the other side of the sandwich. We started talking about the first few words uh verse 18 i'm gonna go to to the bottom side of the sandwich and then i'll go back to the ham if i mean you were right there there's a lot um that we could get on here in this passage oh man look at verse 21 for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of god so god treated jesus listen to this one there is huge uh christian teaching involved here like core teaching 
for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Now, that doesn't mean, please do not understand that Jesus was a sinner when he was on the cross. He was never a sinner. He's holy. He has been always holy and he forever will be holy. But this means that God treated Jesus on the cross as if he had committed the sins of all those he saves. Mm -hmm. On the cross, God treated Jesus as if he had personally committed the sins of those that receive his grace. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it one more time. On the cross, God treated Jesus as if he had lived your life. So that in exchange, he could treat you who have received his grace as if you had left already the perfect, sinless, righteous life of Jesus Christ so that in him we might become the righteousness of God so that he could treat you as if you had never, ever committed a single sin in your life. That is the life of Jesus. So when we are reconciled to God, he treats us not looking over his shoulder, but as if we had never sinned in our lives against him. Wow. I, I mean, it's like total, full reconciliation, yeah. forgiveness mm -hmm. of sin, nothing against you. I hold nothing against you. There's nothing between you and I. There's nothing for me to remember and say, oh, but remember the night of uh, June the 7th, uh, 1984, when you were like six years old. And it's nothing, mm. nothing like that. So let me let me just talk about the uh, two sides of the sandwich. Can I add in there too on, yeah, on that, go, go that, ahead. that you're talking about? Um, I think it also flips it back to the types of people we're talking about, our relationship with others and with God. And um, not just to be the one forgiving, but the one receiving the forgiveness. Like we're the one receiving the forgiveness from God. And if we've ever had a moment where we've wronged somebody, yet they choose to forgive us and not hold it against us, how that makes us feel yeah. like relieved, a weight lifted off of us. Like I could be near to that person. Like you feel so free that that person would no longer hold it against you. And how much more in the same way when God no longer holds it against us. Yeah. And, and you can see the, example set by God and you can see more than that uh, in a moment let me just say this at verse 19 that is in Christ well verse 18 um, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them again that thought of nothing against you and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation therefore we are ambassadors of God. Mm. God making his appeal through us. We implore you. 
on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So we have received this grace, this amazing grace, like the hymn says, not just to make to give us a good thought for the morning, but to empower us to be proclaimers, ambassadors, representatives. I know when I visit the states, in certain amount i'm representing my country i'm not an ambassador but the way that i behave you may think oh is that the way mexicans are like this guy that is here at walgreens and wherever you see me i'm representing a different country we are representing a different country a different kingdom mm. because we have reconciled we have been reconciled to god to proclaim his reconciliation look at this just so that we understand the good will of god good will towards men was said when jesus was born and his good will is we implore you we implore you mm. we're begging you be reconciled to god his heart towards sinners is would you please Take my hand. I'm extending my, my hand to you. Let's be reconciled. Let's be friends again. Let's be a family. Uh, I mean, blows my mind away. This, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to finish with this. If you, if you look back on verse 14, for the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died it's the love of god that pushes us to proclaim that uh, makes us stand up from our seats and and shout to the four points of the earth be reconciled to god is his love this love that is explained on verses 18 through 21 is what makes us is what you nathan you charlie myself as itinerant speakers but actually for every christian is the love of christ the, the way that christ loves us what compels us to do what we do for his kingdom as a stay-home wife or as a worker in a factory whatever you are as a laborer what compels you to be a light and salt for people is the love of jesus for you yes nathan sorry no uh, that was i i'm so glad that everybody got to hear that little last part <laughs> um i i'm struck by the the nature of god's desire to reconcile the world to himself because i'm sure i'm not alone in this there are many out there who accuse god of 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 like indecency by saying god doesn't really love us if he loved us he would save us even if we don't love him back uh basically basically their accusation is what kind of god requires that i follow him in order for him to save me uh the, the what what is being missed here is this intense desire that god has that we would be reconciled to him it, it it's it's not like god is up in heaven and 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 just so happy that all of these people are rejecting him right he he 
earnestly desires. It's this deep-rooted desire in him that they would come to know him. And at the end of the day, I think it's important for us as we engage these kind of people in conversation, it's important for us to remember uh, that 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 God's that that God is is doing something He didn't have to do. Like we could, He could have created the world, and He could have set it in motion and given humans authority, like He gave humans authority in Genesis one and Genesis two, and then humans could have sinned, and then He could have been like, "All right." have fun. And uh, when judgment day comes, it's going to come and it's going to be swift and it's going to be horrible for all of you. And uh, you sinned against me. And so that's the way it is. So Mm -hmm. good luck. Good luck, buttercup. But he didn't do that. Instead, he continually pursues humanity. Uh, He sends prophets and he sends priests and he sends, he sends, and he sends, uh, and then Ultimately, he sends himself, right? Uh, the father doesn't send himself, but God sends the son. <laughs> yeah. So that's and he a- says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Exactly. Uh, but they're not the same person. Anyway, let's get on. Uh, so they're the same nature, not the same. Per- anyway, sorry, not don't have to talk about the Trinity. He sends himself. And uh, ultimately, he doesn't just overlook our sins. It says that he overlooked our sins for a time. But then he paid the price for them, which is crucial for us to recognize. He didn't have to die on the cross for your sins, but he wanted to for your sake. So as as people make these accusations against God, like, I can't believe God would require that I follow him. The the whole reason for Jesus is that he doesn't require that you follow him. That's the whole reason that Jesus was necessary so that you would even have an opportunity to follow him. And and it's like. If I think about saving somebody who's drowning in the ocean, they have to be cooperating with you or they'll take you down with them. It's almost impossible to save somebody who's drowning when they're flailing and you go out there, One of the, even some of the best swimmers, they'll be taken down with that person if they're flailing until they surrender their will and say, I will stop trying. You save me as the person coming out to rescue me. And how much it is with God that until we lay ourselves down, stop trying by our own works and surrender ourselves, that then he saves us. And um, even pointing back to the heart of God, Nathan, that you're talking about in this passage, it says we plead Mm -hmm. on Christ's behalf, be reconciled. And then working together with him, we also appeal to you. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Like, don't miss this moment. We plead with you. How many times we see in the scriptures that God's ambassadors, his people proclaiming him, working together with him, they would say, we plead with you. We urge you. We try to compel you. Anything we can to persuade you. And that's the heart of God, that he's persuading, he's compelling, he's urging, he's pleading with us. Come, come to me, come to me. And in the same way, we work together with him to proclaim, we plead with people, we compel them. Uh, and that's the heart of God toward us. Amen. Christian artist Steve Green has a song that talks about God's pleasure, mm-hmm. saying that he takes pleasure in his creation. He takes pleasure in these and that. I listened to Ezekiel 
chapter 33, verse 11, say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. His pleasure is not in punishing the wicked, but seeing the wicked come to him. That explains the prodigal son story. Mm. There's the pleasure of the father. Turn, it says, turn back from your evil ways. Or why will you die, O house of Israel? Mm. He's pleading right there. It's a pleading that Paul speaks about in 2 Corinthians saying, we plead with you, be reconciled. He's pleading, God is pleading right here through prophet uh, Ezekiel. Now, the problem is we think so lowly of God. You see, sin doesn't just corrupt our deeds, our works, our behaviors. Sin corrupts our thinking and also, of course, our thinking about God. Mm. And we tend to think very awful things about God. Well, not Christians, but before we knew Jesus. <clears throat> Sorry, Jesus. That's why reading the scriptures is so, so crucial for believers so that we can get rid of those thoughts we had about God and trust the true God that revealed himself in scripture. Listen to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. His thoughts. Mm -hmm. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon you need to get rid of those thoughts that say god doesn't love me god doesn't want to be reconciled to me god is is away from me he 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 doesn't want me near him if 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 he if he knows me he's not gonna want me in heaven and all those crazy things you need to get rid of them because he's inviting you to come to him for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither as Neither are your ways my ways. I'm still reading chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 18. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. That means the way that you think about me is too low. Mm -hmm. If you at least knew a little bit of how much I love you, how much I want you to be reconciled to me, you would be turning to me returning to God. So there is this pleading uh, that echoes through scripture everywhere is there. Come to God, come to God. And as, as sinners, we all have at some point to come to God. And if there is somebody listening to this that is not sure to be reconciled to God, this is your opportunity. We are, the three of us, in the name of Jesus, are pleading with you. Trust mm -hmm. in Jesus for salvation. He loves you, died for you, was raised on the third day because God accepted his sacrifice for you in your behalf so that he can treat you as if you had never sinned. That's why he treated Jesus as he had committed all of your sins. So that you can be reconciled to God and have nothing in between you and God from now to eternity.
So uh, this is just a, a, a rich, rich uh, subject. It's it's rooted in the heart of God, his mm. will for sinners to come uh, to him and be reconciled. Amen. And uh, let I just want to make sure that we hit before we we end up closing this call. Uh, I, I want to make sure we hit and highlight what Santi was saying before we kind of got off on this tangent, which is that you have been saved so that you can be an ambassador so that others can also be saved. So uh, we often think of salvation like it's a gift for us, and it is, uh, but it's also uh, a call on our life. It's also a, 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 an invitation to not just be reconciled to God, but to invite other people to be reconciled to God. Um, and so uh, there are far too many out there who have accepted salvation for themselves, but have refused the invitation to become an ambassador for Christ. Um, and uh, we also plead with you, uh, don't keep salvation to yourself. Uh, what, what, what a horrible, awful thing to do. Share it with others. Um, be an ambassador. Represent Christ. Let your words, let your actions, let everything that you do, let everything that you are represent Christ to the world around you, that more people would come to this saving relationship with, with Jesus. He, he turned us into ministry ministers of reconciliation, that is, servants of those who don't believe. Mm. We are servants of those who don't believe. We are here to serve them, present to them, uh, as a waiter brings your food to your table, we bring the message of message of salvation. They they are called uh, servers, right? Well, mm. we are servers uh, when we bring this uh, eternal bread, uh, heavenly bread of of the gospel of salvation. That's why he saved us. That's why he kept us in heaven I mean, on earth and not took us to heaven when he he saved us. Mm. So, so that we can proclaim his message there's no evangelism in heaven amen and uh it just goes to show that the 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 message of the gospel is not escapist it's not designed for you to escape the world around you it's designed for you to engage the world around you with the good news of jesus anyway well uh, santi thank you so much for joining this latest episode of the podcast we really appreciate you man Thank you for having me, guys. It's been a great, great joy. And uh, I think a refreshing, encouraging topic. Uh, so for those listening, we hope that uh, you'll continue to go forward with the assurance that as a follower of Jesus, as the scripture would say, in Jesus, in Christ, you are completely free, completely forgiven. And now by his grace, God will empower you to live that life, to proclaim the same message to others and uh doing that in everyday places no matter where you come from no matter where you find yourself um god has reconciled us reconnected us with himself and says will you join me will you work together with me to proclaim this to the rest of the world so if you want to get in touch with santiago uh, or as we call him santi uh you can go ahead to our website he's there at forgespeakers.com great way to get connected 
awkward time for Charlie to freeze. Uh, <laughs> it is a great way for you to get connected to Santi going to forgespeakers.com. And uh, we hope that you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. Don't forget to like and share if you found this episode helpful. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.